Hello, everybody, and welcome to Half the Brain, a podcast that has half the brain that you do and half the facts that you do. Uh, welcome, everybody, to the Brain Trust. Uh, we're, we're opening up the notes and the meetings from from last minute and uh, from last meeting, and uh, just having a quick look over. Uh, no, we didn't get anything wrong last time, so let's carry on. <laughs> on this uh, this month's episode, we're uh, once again joined by uh, Ferry Tunk, Mr. Nile. How are we doing? Love you, all right? Yes, I'm very well, thank you. How are you? I know, bad mate, not bad. All good, good. good, all good. I'm like Bray Wyatt and LA Knight dark match on a Paul Mountain Dew black light match. It, I'm, I'm, I'm wonderful, mate. <laughs> I was going to say, do you need me to call anybody? <laughs> We'll chat about the rumble in a moment. But also join this week, join this month, sorry, on 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 the pod uh, is uh, is Dicky from Shackleford, uh, Mister Dicky. How are you doing? Love you, all right? I'm good, thank you. AKA, Thanks for having me. AKA the cupboard, the cupboard, my uh, creator wrestler Monica from way back when. <laughs> the cupboard so making his uh, making his in ring debut this evening. <laughs> a, a running from Dicky the cupboard. <laughs> Um, so, Dicky, give us a, a a match, a promo, a pay per view, uh, a, a, an interview in wrestling that you've watched this month. No, I, I'm not, I don't have as much of a finger on the pulse of the modern product and stuff. Oh. Well, it doesn't matter. It could be from any time, any place, anywhere. So, Shackleford, we um, we went away for the weekend to Wales on a little vacation. We watched a bit of old school wrestling and stuff, me and Dan especially. Um, what were we watching? I think we had like, I mean, lots of drink involved. Uh, we, <laughs> we, we were in WrestleMania, uh, sorry, Royal Rumble mode. So I think we right. like, threw on some like, kind of early 90s Royal Rumble, kind of the, the, we wanted to essentially watch the village people having a fight with each other. So yeah, we went old school. Excellent, excellent stuff. The ninety rum, the early nineties rumbles uh, are just a cavalcade of weird characters, uh, especially like the early nineties ones. Some of them are Adam Bomb, uh, yeah. people like that, those kind of things. El Matador, yeah, Max, Moon. Max Moon, Max <laughs> Yeah, I think I think we avoided ninety two because that one's like a good That's rumble. A so we, yeah. yeah, so we we aim for like something a bit a bit more tacky. Yeah, ninety three, yeah, ninety four. 92 Definitely. is the rumble that you invite your pals around, you put likes, nibbles out and stuff, and, you know, enjoy the uh, enjoy the show. Exactly. Outside of that, though, recently I rewatched the um, ECW One Night Stand. The, um, the first the, or the second one? The first one, before right. they brought it back properly and stuff. Yeah. Mainly for the, um, it's it's the Mike Awesome, is it Tanaka match? Yes, the, the, the basically the, the war with chairs. Yeah, just that match alone makes it worth watching that pay-per-view. That oh, yeah. steals the show. <laughs> uh, is that the John Cena RVD main event? No, no, that's uh, that's when they did ECWWE, wasn't it? So right. the original one, I think the headline match was Dudley Boys versus Sandman and uh, Tommy Dreamer, isn't it? Tag team match at the end. Yes, uh, right, right. Yes, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all it's all ECW talent. You got Lionheart, Chris Jericho versus uh he yeah. shall not be named and was it, was, or was it you, you mean Pegasus? Or was it Guerrero in that one? I forget. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 
that's well they're both a classic and to be fair i think now cracking on they both sort of bleed into one in my mind uh, yeah, but yeah. Uh, both those one night stands were brilliant. I watched them both live. And I think uh, the first one, my neighbours were banging on the walls to like <laughs> shut up. It's it's the four in the morning. We stop screaming. Like, you know. <laughs> yeah, I think it's because I didn't appreciate ECW at the time so well. So it's that yeah. perfect middle ground where I can rewatch it and go, oh look, here's where like this the- happens. The, the giant talent that went on to become huge names yeah. you can see kind of there their kind of forming ground and the the connections yeah it's amazing yeah. is where the dudley boys started and how they got together uh yeah, absolutely that's that sort of stuff always fascinates me how people like start the gimmick uh you know especially if it started in another sort of promotion and then brought into the fed or what was yeah, the yeah. at the time or something like that it's uh, it's always fascinating, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, really. You get to see the um, the forgotten members of the Dudleys in particular, like old Big Dick, Big Dick Big Dudley, uh, sign guy, sign guy, sign guy Dudley, dances with Dudley. Yes, um, I remember dances with Dudley. <laughs> da- uh, Native Indian uh, Dudley oh. boy. Uh, uh, who else? There was a couple of others. Uh, there was a stuttering Dudley, uh, I think, as well. Uh, oh no, that was Diva. Uh, I was going to say that, that was. Bubba's, uh, Bubba, Bubba's Bubba. original original thing, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're all they're all part of Raven's flock or Raven's nest, as it was in the QW at the time. Is that right? Yeah, oh, they, all I came, that. they all came from Raven's nest. Yeah, which was a bit strange. But there you go. Anyway, <laughs> it being February, we've all obviously seen this year's Royal Rumble, have we not? I will precursor this. Following the night out that we had in Wales, we were too hungover to watch. But I've seen the uh, the men's rumble match. That's as far as I've got through it so far. So I well, I don't know anything <laughs> else. But I'm, don't worry about spoilers. It's my fault. <laughs> odd, odd placement for like the title match, like the Royal Rumble. It's like sitting down, you watch it, like get myself a good few, you know, undercard matches under my belt for the main event, and then you're like, oh. Okay. <laughs> it's, it's, it's started. Well, to be fair, I mean, this is be the first WWE live, a premium live event uh, I've watched uh, for a, a long time. I think I watched last year's Mania, uh, and that's the last thing I've seen of WWE. Uh, so it was for me. Oh, right. Brilliant. Crack on. Yeah. Uh, the first thing is, first thing on is the men's rumble. Brilliant. I love this. And uh, to be fair, I thought the men's rumble was very good. It, you know, the guys I didn't know I got introduced to, and and, and the, I got a flavour of what they were about. Uh, but the overall acting story was, when's Cody coming in, and and and, and how's he going to win? <laughs> yeah, a lot of a lot of chatter online was like, oh, it's going to be Sammy, it's going to be Sammy, it's going to be Sammy's like, no, mate, it's Cody. Yeah, it's got, yeah, I'd like. I, I understand. I, I think because I've not been keeping up with it fully. By the time you got to the main event, there was a nice video package that brought me right up to date with everything. Thank you WWE for doing that. <laughs> uh, and it sort of told the story in three or four minutes, and they got me right invested into it. Boom! Here we go. Right. Okay. I know what's going on now. And by the end of it, I was fully in into that storyline. And I don't think it's the greatest storyline in the world ever, but it's it's. Uh, you know, from what I've seen so far and, and, and what I've seen of it, it was it is a very interesting take on what they're doing with Sami Zayn and Roman Reigns. But I don't it's, think, I don't know. 
Well, it's it's one of the strongest storylines he's done in a long time. It's, oh yeah. yeah, it is still kind of full of tropes and stuff, but the way that they've done it, and to see Roman now versus Roman from like six seven years ago, where he was like forced down our throats and whatever. Yeah, yeah, that that guy is definitely the big dog in WWE now. Definitely. I mean, I don't. I think uh, Cody came out on the Raw afterwards and said uh, that he was like the LeBron James of professional wrestling. I, I don't really agree with that. I don't, I wouldn't put him up there at the top of the, you know, I, I'm not, I'm not putting him on Mount Rushmore of wrestling or anything like that at the moment, but, you know, certainly if he keeps it up for a few more years, he's definitely going to be up there like a John Cena level. Um, uh, yeah. But, I, you know, I, I, I'm interested to see where they go with it with Sammy and Roman. Cause if they do Sammy and Kevin Owens, versus the Usos, have they just sort of wasted the time there uh, for the tag titles? Um, mm. Or are they going to take, you know, it another way and have uh, Roman defend both belts at Mania and have, you know, the SmackDown title go to Sammy and the Raw title go to Cody and have it on two guys again for a bit? I, I'm, I'm not sure. It's a kind yeah. of phrase, though. That, that is what's been discussed in the dirt sheets. It's, right. it's going to be Roman at Mania, two belts. Yeah. Two belts, one man, all that kind of nonsense. But <laughs> I think win or lose, it's probably going to turn around to, to even though they said, and we've all heard this over the years, but last time ever, you know, with Brock and Roman and stuff like that, they then two together are money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I also thought to myself, watching the Rumble, I really want to see... Uh, Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley pro, uh, program. I, want, I really want to see a, a Walter versus uh, Brock Lesnar program. Oh, we, we call um, him Gunther now, sadly. Sorry, Gun oh, I'm sorry yeah, Gunther, yeah. Uh, sorry, yeah. Um, but, you know, those types of match, beef, big beefy boys fighting each other. That's what I want to see. <laughs> That's what I want to see. Come on, WWE, give it to me. I think a triple threat, if we had Gunther, Lesnar, and oh my Lashley. god, I don't, I don't think I could take that. No, Nikki. Too no much titles. I'm a vegan, no goddammit. <laughs> no titles on the line, they don't need it. I mean, oh. Gunther being in that match with Lashley and um Lesnar gives him more star credibility, it builds him up. They don't have to like have a title on the line. That would be a heavy hitting match. That would doesn't matter who wins, they're all going to come out getting their like, profile raised, aren't they? Definitely, definitely. Yeah. He's going to help Gunther more than the other two, really. Isn't he? Absolutely, yeah. And it's a way of putting him over without actually necessarily putting him over. He doesn't have to get the win, but he can he can hang with them two. Them two be seven shades of shit out of each other. Whatever the finish will be, if Gunther's still stood on his feet, people are like, yeah, man, this guy's got it. Honestly, big slap bruises and fucking shreds <laughs> and everything on, on Lashley and Lesnar and... Gunther take like three F5s in a row and still get up. I mean, he was like the biggest, hottest thing on the Indies before Vince oh, yeah. and his boys signed him up. Yeah, yeah. And like he was just, he was slapping, to coin a phrase, vanilla midgets left, right and centre <laughs> on, on, on the Indies. And uh, it, it looked great when he's doing it against, you know, your, your, your Cody Rhodes and your Young Bucks and your smaller guys. But when he's up against a Brock Lesnar or a Lashley and, and that type of beef, 
yeah. it, it looks even more impressive, I think, sometimes. So when he was in uh, NXT and challenging Pete Dunne for the uh, UK Championship, mm. that was... Like, I literally lost sleep over that. I was like, Pete Dunne's <laughs> going to get absolutely fucking murdered by this fellow. And I love Pete Dunne. Like, we should be doing a lot more with him in WWE. Yeah, to be fair. Yeah. And um, what was the other guy with the Tash called? Uh, there, was a, uh, there, was a, there was like three guys that went on like GMTV. Uh, yes, I remember that because um, a couple of weeks before that, Piers Morgan had been giving it all the big on about the um, Greg's vegan sausage rolls coming out. Yeah. And when I found out that them three, so it was Pete Dunn, Tyler Bate, and Trent Seven. Yes. Like the beefiest vegans in wrestling. And I found out they were going to be on the next show. I was like, I'm watching this. Piers Morgan, nowhere to be fucking seen, mate. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Those three, they should be doing, you know, if uh, I, I don't, to be fair, I don't know if they're all still signed. Uh, but yeah, Pete Dunn definitely. Didn't they change his name to Butch? Yeah. Yeah. After, like, if you get a chance on the WWE Network, go and watch the recent, um, from about probably two, three years ago, the War Games, NXT War Games. Holy fucking shit. Yeah. 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 Some of those newer War Games have been really good matches, to be fair. They've, they've held up to the, the 1991 classic <laughs> uh, Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. One of the yes. greatest War Games matches of all time. Uh, but anyway, it's just, yeah, it's just big spot after big spot after big spot. It's phenomenal, fantastic stuff, awesome. Well, yeah, hopefully they will start using Pete Dunne a little bit more, and hopefully they'll do Walter uh, Gunther, Walter, whatever his fucking name is. I do think, yeah. Rock. And, uh, and uh, who else do you think would do? What else do you want to see at Mania? Mania. See, I was going to say, I, I think. This was a good rumble because I'm, I'm kind of one of them classic casual viewers. I drip in and out. I, I watch certain pay-per-views, basically Royal Rumble and WrestleMania are like the ones that I'm guaranteed to watch and everything. Yeah. And I think WWE did a great job this year. Like I'm, I'm a sucker for like rumbles gone by where they bring out constant shock surprises and they bring back old schools and it's Tatanka. <laughs> and I love that because you get a little bit of hype off it, don't you? And it's it's really nostalgic and fun. But I do I have to say I think this rumble was a really good outing of showing the current talent and like the ability to show actually we don't have to rely on old school. Like obviously there were the rumors the Rock's going to come back and win it. Austin's yeah. going to come back and win it. Yeah. We we heard all these sort of like rumours thrown around. I think, yeah, this was a real good outing to demonstrate look, the current roster is as good as any roster's ever been. Like, yeah. performance-wise, yeah. there's this stuff going on that you wouldn't have seen in the Attitude or previous eras. Yeah. 1995, this was not... They weren't shipping <laughs> in talent from AAA and and uh, bringing back uh, Dick Murdoch. Uh, and this rumble was not half an hour long. Uh, but yeah, it was, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it, to be fair. I give the sort of rumble like eight, an eight out of ten sort of thing. Like I say, it, it definitely showcased the current talent that they got very well, uh, I thought. Um, I think, for me to give it a ten out of ten, you needed an edge-esque return. Because, like, 
Twitter before he came back. He's like, I'm not coming back. I'm not coming back. Shut the fuck up. I'm not coming back. And then as soon as you think you know me, I literally jumped up and was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and I need, I need moments like that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. I will tell you what my favourite Royal Rumble moment of this year was, though. Um, again, Shackleford, we all went away for like a little weekend break, hanging yeah. out and stuff. We were all talking wrestling, talking about the Royal Rumble, getting a bit excited about it and stuff. Dave Foreman, singer, guitarist of Shackleford, not really a wrestling fan. He um, he got drawn into the hype with it all and stuff and decides he wants to put a bet on it. And the next morning he wakes up, realising that he bet on Kevin Owens to win the Royal Rumble and then furious that he bet on a guy who's not even in the fucking Rumble. <laughs> <laughs> he's like... He he's like... <laughs> Um, my, my boy weren't even in it. <laughs> That's probably my favourite thing about this year's Rumble. <laughs> That's fantastic. Excellent. Fantastic stuff. Right, on that note then, let's get crack on with uh, the reason we're here. Let's open today's meeting um, and talk about the best and the worst from the 80s of music and packages. Uh, so by packages... We mean, you know, like uh, away from the ring videos. Yeah, we all agreeing on that. So yeah. you're not, it's yeah. not a wrestler uh, uh, doing a, a promo in the ring. Uh, but I, I will allow, just because it's the 80s and there's not many packages uh, really in the 80s, more of a 90s thing. Uh, I will allow uh, Piper's Pits. Your Piper's Pits, your uh, your Snake Pits, your Flower Shops, and your Brother Loves uh, show, but uh, yeah. So let's have a let's have a, a discussion about this. So let's start with the best, and then we'll work our way to the worst. <laughs> so music wise, <clears throat> what uh, we've all picked what two songs each um, for the best and two songs for the worst. So. Niall, you give us you start us off, mate. What have you got? What's your first song? Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Ultimate Warrior original entrance theme all day long. Because how can you not get pumped listening to that? It is a pumping tune. It is a pumping tune. And it sneaks in. It just sneaks in coming in at like 1989. Yeah. Uh, yeah, definitely. But yeah, it is it's a thunderous tune though, that one. Da, 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 da. Yeah, we'll play them. We'll, we'll we'll play a clip of them all. Down, 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 down. <laughs> I think I just think it, it, it really captured what I mean. He was he was a dog shit wrestler, but an absolute one yes. percent amazing character, and it just captures him like you can imagine him like sat backstage, and then be like, I can't be asked tonight. And then his music hits, sprints down, shakes the rope, gorilla presses someone out the door, collects his paycheck, done. And he's still buzzing off his entrance music as he goes back. And the cocaine that's flowing through his body. Well, yeah. <laughs> Mostly yeah. the cocaine. Yeah, uh, I yes. think for music to like kind of... Uh, the the audio to match the presentation of a wrestler, the, the visual, the energy, everything. Yeah, like... It, they nailed it with that tune. Like yeah. that is Ultimate Warrior in audio form, isn't it? Yeah, Jim Johnson, classic. Yeah, Fantastic. is it a Jim Johnson? Is it? 
Yes, an original Jim Johnson. Yes, because yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, like in my research of songs, there was a lot of Jimmy Hart stuff in the era, and I could see Jim <laughs> Jim Johnson comes in and stuff like uh, the things I looked at. It's much more Jimmy Hart, but Jim Johnson's yeah. got a few stamps here. So this one's a uh, Johnson, is it? Okay, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah. You can tell Jimmy Hart's ones because they've got lyrics. And uh, 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 early Jim Johnson stuff is is very instrumental, but later on he puts a few lyrics in there and there, sort of thing. But uh, yeah, early on Jim Johnson is sort of very instrumental and very um, very electronicy uh, as well. If you listen to his drum beats, <laughs> oh, yeah, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah. Uh, fantastic. Right, Dickie. So, what's your first one, mate? So, I'm going with um, it's all about the money. The Million Dollar Man. See, now, it's sort of ABBA inspired this one, isn't it, really? It, 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 it reminds me of ABBA for some reason. I think it's just because of the way they save money. I'm, I'm sure. <laughs> I just, it's, it's the perfect heel money. I mean, at the time, yeah. he was sort of their perfect heel presentation, wasn't he? That the kind of yeah. rich guy, like, looking down, everyone's got a price, everything like that. But like, yeah, perfect heel music. It was like, and it, the tune almost gets under your skin because it's like really repetitive. So you're pissed off with the music already. You're <laughs> pissed off with him. Head DBS is like mugging you off through the music, like just laughing and saying everyone's got a price. Like just <laughs> giving you shit through the audio as well as coming out. But also, I think this really was all like, it's a precursor it shows the impact of it it's a precursor to the mcmahon family's music i think this is basically the inspiration of not only no chance but also obviously shane mcmahon's here comes the money they looked at dbs's theme tune and were like man this is it this this gets under people's skin this pisses people off it, it does its job excellently pissing people off but it's got a very funky beat underneath it as well when 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 the so the chorus stops and it's just the music it's got a funky beat to it. it's like a, a, a sort of a mid 18 music you know like when they're driving in the van to <laughs> sort of build something to beat the bad guys with that yeah. kind of music you've been playing in the background. <laughs> but again, uh, imagine like eight is era wrestling, like very family friendly and stuff like that. Imagine if you're a parent who's taking your kid to watch wrestling. It's simple storytelling. You know who the fuck the bad guy is. Yeah. Comes out, just some music. Money, money, money. <laughs> I've got money. You haven't got money. Straight away. This guy's a prick, any. I'm going to boo for him. <laughs> like, there you go. He's got to hey. be... You, like you 10 seconds into it you yeah. know what the deal is you've 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 hit the nail bang on the head i showed catherine the million dollar man the other day catherine my wife she's not interested in the slightest she lets me have this thing <laughs> <laughs> and uh I, sh I was watching a million dollar man promo and uh and she came in the room she went that guy looks like an angry noel Edmonds. <laughs> he really did. and he really did uh, but she watched the promo, and about the end of it, she was. She said, "That guy's a dick." <laughs> Just walked yeah. off. Yeah. Uh, I mean, don't overthink it. Keep it uh, simple. They nailed it. Simple, like, smart. 
I'm not saying I'm particularly into the tune, but like as an entrance music, I mean, yeah, they've got it wrapped up. They know what they're doing. It works. It works every time. It works every time. My first pick is going to be Jake the Snake Roberts uh, theme tune. It's the coolest music in the world. You can listen to it now today. It's like synth wave. It's dark synth wave, I would describe it as. Uh, this, it, uh, this, I was, I was close to picking this one. To be fair, it's, it's, it's a banger. It is a banger. You can listen to this, and um, <laughs> this originally was uh, music, background music for a Hulk Hogan workout video on Saturday Night's Main Event. Is that right? That's what it got used for originally. Right? Well, I think it's like the second or third episode of Saturday Night's Main Event. It's just Hogan working out and. Jake's music's going on in the background and it's very bizarre to see and hear and to fit the two together you know but once he gets put with Jake it just fits everything fits it's like the final piece of that jigsaw put that music with Jake put the snake with him off your pop mate into the ring don't shout just you know quietly tell people you can into the microphone <laughs> yeah, when, when everyone else was yelling, he was like the absolute master of being understated. Yeah, yeah. And they gave him a talk show, again, like a Piper's Pit. After uh, after Piper's Pit had finished and the, uh, the flower shop had finished, they gave him his own talk show and it didn't work. It didn't work in the slightest. If you watch some of the, the snake pits, every wrestler, because the snake's on its own in a little pit, and then Jake <laughs> stood behind him with a microphone and everyone comes out behind him like a sort of curtain and every wrestler who comes out shits themselves the minute they see the big pie <laughs> they just take a double take and go oh shit no I, I can't be doing this thing and so they all hang out behind Jake and they're all just trying to run off before he DDTs them or, or, or you know does something it's hilarious but the, the, the snake pit itself is not a very good platform I don't think for him but he you know he was on the mic he was one of the best Ever. Oh, absolutely. Game changer, I would yeah. say. Uh, but his music was absolutely... I, I'd say to this day, you could put that on, put some shades on, a nice leather jacket, and walk down the street and be a cool cat. <laughs> it's interesting, though, that you're saying it was like music that was already created. Because like, going back to like Niall with your Ultimate Warrior, it feels so perfect for him. Like, I was written for him. It's... I was when I was listening to tunes earlier, trying to think which ones I'd pick, and I was tempted with this one because it's got that almost like it is like a snake waiting in ambush, isn't it? It's yeah. like it's it's gent- that- it's like it's coiled up, it's waiting, it's like prone to attack. Yeah, it's it ain't that, let like, out yet, but um, it's like oh, okay, there's like a ominous, uncertainty, yeah, a, yeah, ominousness to the music. You know, where you're just waiting for an attack, waiting for something to happen. This just makes you feel. So much yeah. could happen here at any moment, sort of thing. And that was Jake Roberts all over. I mean, the DDT, that finish yeah. and stuff, like everything was just calm, calculated, exploded when it needs to. And, and that's why I'm surprised the music predated his yeah. entrance. Oh, no, yeah. I, yeah. I, I thought it would be absolutely written for him because it, it suits him perfectly. Just going off a slight tangent, you mentioned Hulk Hogan's workout videos. Have you ever seen Scott Steiner's workout videos? <laughs> I've, I've not, but I'd like, I want to now. I'm going to search what, them out. Yeah. What era? Yes. Uh, you're talking post-WCW, pre-WWE, and it's just the most cringe fucking thing you've ever seen. It's, it's, yeah. 
I've got to watch. I've got to watch that. I mean, I'll, I'll send you a link. His TNA run was legendary, and the 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 maths promo in TNA uh, was absolutely fantastic. His WWE run was appalling, but you know sometimes that's good, and it was funny to watch. I mean, he came in with all the hype in the world, but he comes in in Survivor. The rum- it was the Rumble, right? Was it no, Survivor? He oh. comes in the Survivor Series 2002, and he beats up uh, Matt uh, Matt Hardy and uh, Kurt, Chris Nowinski. Beats the he beats them two up, and then he at the Rumble he fights Triple H. Triple in H. Okay, yeah, yeah. And sort of like I've got all of 2003's DVD uh, pay per views on DVD. You've got a nice picture on the spines. Uh, but you can see the decline of Scott Steiner throughout <laughs> the year. So by the time SummerSlam comes around, I think he's fired. Right. He's, not, he's not with the company anymore. So he's like lasted, you know, a good six months and then just gone, nah, mate, it's not working. See you in a bit. Uh, he was definitely with uh, Test and uh, Stacey Keebler for a while. They had a feud and then... Oh, okay. uh, yeah. It was... Yeah. Um, he was going up against Triple H and... Triple H was like in God mode at that time. No one was going to be him. No. But at least he could get a good match out of people, but he couldn't get a good match out of uh, Scott Steiner at the Rumble or uh, the pay-per-view after the... Uh, I can't remember the name of that thing now, but there's another pay-per-view. They had a second match, the, the pay-per-view after, the, on the way to Mania, and that was that was god-awful. That was in Montreal. <laughs> no way out. No way out. Yes. Montreal. Yeah, no way out, 2003. There we go. Right, Niall, give us your second best uh, um, music. It's a deep cut, this one. Okay. I'll probably get shit for it, but I fucking love it. Um, yeah. The Rougeau Brothers. <laughs> you absolute uh, bastard. I, this is my other choice. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it's that a popular one. From Montreal to Memphis. Yeah. Hey, this is, honestly, this is a great song. I'm not, I didn't pick it, but you know the French part of this song when they're singing it's, in French. Yeah, it's basically saying "fuck you" to the American fans. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, they're saying don't don't listen to us uh, or what we're saying in our song. Uh, you French people, we're, we're, you're the best. You know the Americans; these are idiots. They don't understand what we're doing. Don't worry about it. We're still nice to you guys. <laughs> it's, it's a fantastically layered song. It's that was a, that was a Jimmy Hart cover <laughs> as well, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah, I think a lot of mine are Jimmy Hart inspired choices. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if it counted, I would have picked the Mountain because I, I absolutely love that song. It's just the right level of stupidity. The music is just completely off key and it's just, it's fantastic. But it's a 90s song. That's a very early 90s song. Yeah. Uh, but Weirdly, the, yeah. in my research earlier, looking at it, it's it's stupidly long as well. Oh, if you yeah. look at the track list, it's like four minutes long for the Mountie song. It's just the same thing looped over and looped over, over again. And over like, again. <laughs> and yeah, you go crazy, stir crazy if you listen to that for too long. It's brilliant. <laughs> I, I love it. But yeah, from Montreal to Memphis. Yeah. Parlez-vous français, tell all the girls the Rougeaux are on their way. The Rougeos, of course, being uh, most famous for their beef with Dynamite Kid as well, weren't they? I read about that earlier. Yes, there's a fantastic video of uh, Jacques Rougeau just telling the story and of what happened. And I think it's like, it's one of those where it was on YouTube back in the day, so it was nine parts of 10, you know, <laughs> yeah. 10 minutes each. Jacques Rougeau telling his story about uh, Dynamite just 
beat him up one day backstage when they were playing cards. So him and Ray trained for a week and uh, Jock Rougeau got a, 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 a roll of quarters in his hand and just went up to Dynamite and absolutely leathered him and knocked his front teeth out. And then two you know days... Why he, why he actually... That fight, from what I was reading about them earlier today, apparently that fight happened because in classic Mr. Perfect style, he pulled a rib on the Rougeau brothers that made it look like Dynamite Kid was the one who pulled the prank off. So that's when they went and sucked him with a fistful of quarters, knocked out four Dynamite Kid's teeth, and there's Mr. Perfect hiding in the corner. Well, the way uh, Jock Rougeau tells it, it was uh, Dynamite beat them up because they were whinging about uh, a rib that Kurt had played that made it like they'd done. Uh, So he, he beat them up first. Chuck uh, went away, trained up, and uh, then was like, right, this is how we're going to do it. And we planned it like this, boom, 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 boom. And uh, two days later is the first Survivor Series. Oh, sorry, not it's the second Survivor Series. Because it starts with a big, giant tag team match. And the the first people in it are the Rougeos and versus the Bulldogs. And... Dynamite has to be very nice to them because the Bulldogs are actually leaving and Dynamite's going off to Japan. So that's the last time you see the Bulldogs uh, in, in the WWE. But yeah, uh, Dynamite's got no front teeth. <laughs> <laughs> if you watch... Um, if, you, if, you watch if you follow if, up on that, though, that match, apparently, like because the Rougeos were legit scared that they was going to get a receipt. Um yeah. They wrote the match that the Rougeos are the first eliminated and they kept the Bulldogs into the end of the match. So by the time they get out the ring, Rougeos are in the car and down the road. They, they've gone. Mo- Montreal to Memphis, they're off. <laughs> yes. If you watch the Dynamite Kid episode of... Um, what the fuck is it called? Dark Side of the Ring? That's oh, it, yeah. The, the way that the Rougeos tell it is just full of absolute glee when it's like, so I get the quarters... I get it around my hand and I'm like, oh, go on. <laughs> go on, mate. Go on. Tell us. Tell us. <laughs> well, fantastic choice, though. So, thank you. Have you got another one? Oh, it's, it's nice. Sorry. So, yeah. there, was ju- there was just the the other best song for me was the Fabulous Rougeau Brothers, the All-Americans. Yeah. Like, again, and basically, it just comes down to this one verse in it where the court, the, 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 what's it called? The lines are, we don't like heavy metal. We don't like rock and roll. All we like to listen to is it's Barry, Barry Manilow. Manilow. <laughs> yes. I mean, All what? American boys. <laughs> but again, <laughs> that totally does what it's, it's supposed to do in that their heels, this music is supposed to piss you off. It's, yeah. it's supposed to do, and, and it gets under your skin. It's like, um, I mean, this is a 90s one, so I can't pick this, but... It's uh, it, uh, this is one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, the American Males theme tune from WCW. They're supposed to be a good, they're supposed to be faces, and that music is designed for heels. I don't care what anyone says, <laughs> <laughs> it's designed for heels. But fantastic it, tune, though. It, it, yeah, Rusho's it's brilliant, like just playing out that faux patriotic thing. Didn't they used to come out with like tiny little American flags as well and stuff yeah. almost like mocking Hacksaw Jim Duggan and that yeah. sort of 
ultra patriotic era. Like, uh, just yeah, yeah, so good. Jimmy Hart was uh, coming out with a, would come out with a Montreal uh, jacket on and stuff like that as well. <laughs> Joining it, uh, yeah, just fantastic, fantastic. They had one, they had a really good finishing move as well. Like one of them had lift the uh, the guy up, and the other one had got to the top rope and sort of like almost crotch first jump on on the on the chest uh-huh, okay. and uh, off the top rope and it was it was a devastating move if you pulled off correctly yeah <laughs> but that was my second choice so me and Niall <laughs> we're, we're in sync Insane. I was in two minds and I was like oh mm, it is a great song is anyone going to pick it yeah I, I thought I thought it was a deep dive as well so fair play <laughs> well for my Second one, I'm going with another sort of synth wavy one, uh, but I'm going with the uh, with the Midnight Express theme from the uh, from the NWA uh, WCW Crockett era of, of, of wrestling world. Uh, FTR in AEW have currently sort of having a using a, a 2022 2023 remix, if you will, of this song, but it is. It, the minute you listen to it, you know you listen to a song from the 80s. Uh, and it is a fantastic song. Uh, I don't know if it if it, if it fits the team perfectly or anything like that, but music-wise, I think it's peak, it's peak 80s wrestling greatness, you know. Uh, and, and, and I mean, I could go obscure with, uh, you know, Muta's tunes from Japan or, or something like that. Uh, but I, uh, the, the theme, that uh, a very close second was the Bushwhackers theme. Yeah, it's a classic. Now that, uh, that's another song where you listen to it and, uh, and you can walk down the street bobbing your head quite easily to the to the Bushwhackers theme. Uh, you know, you can even start doing the dance maybe. But I'm not sure if that's 90s, really, if, that's, if that falls into the 90s more than the 80s. But yeah, my second choice is going to be Midnight Express thing. That's a deep dive, I gotta say. It's it's not coming straight to me. I was Well don't worry, Diggy, we'll be we'll be dropping it in so you can have a listen to it now. <laughs> nice. My um nice. my I had a couple of honorary mentions which I was gonna yeah. pick, which we won't go into, but um No 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 hon- Honky Tonk Man. I mean No. Which one? Um Which one have you got? I can't remember what it's called, but just the classic one where you come out and like sing and mug off the crowd. He's the honky tonk man. Yeah, right, right. Man. That's his second one. So, Is that when, right? yeah, when he win, when he wins the Intercontinental Championship off uh, Steamboat, he's got a one called uh, "I'm a Honky Tonky Man," and it's uh, got more of a sort of. It starts off with a drum beat, and that drum beat. After he becomes the Intercontinental Champion, that song sticks with him for a bit. I think till Mania Five, I think something around there. And uh, the the heat that drum beat gets, the heat, really? the, the the oh mate, all you're gonna do is boom! It's fantastic, absolutely fantastic. The other honor you mentioned for me was a big boss man. Ah. Classic Cobb County, Georgia. Cobb County, now, Georgia. That mm, does, I think, to be fair, does it, mate, does it, it's always that 90s. I think that may be a 90s one because Ooh. only because that's more uh, 
when he came in, he was with Akeem, the African Dream, as the Twin Towers. Um, was that when he first joined? Was yeah, there, yeah, was yeah. It, and uh, he was a heel, them. and he was a heel, and uh, he actually he fell in in a weird time because he came in as a heel when they were doing No Holds Barred, and so they had Zeus, but they also yeah, wanted yeah. to put Bossman up against Hogan. So there's a there's a cage match where oh it's like yeah so there's a cage match with Hogan Saturday Night Main Event against Big Boss Man. As he's walking towards the ring, Hogan, Zeus is stood on the on the steps on the ring with his arms crossed, saying, like, you've got to get past me to get in the cage to get to Boss Man. Yeah. Um, so, and that, yeah, that, that was sticks in my mind. So, Boss Man's a heel in the 80s, so he's not really got uh, that Cobb County, Georgia song. That's more early 90s, yeah. Yeah, but again, another Jimmy Hart song. I, I like the Russo brothers. The uh, yeah, I think uh, the Honka Tonk Man. It's lyric yeah. lyrics. I realise that's what I'm into in that era. I like I like your corny sing along <laughs> songs. <laughs> well, <clears throat> we're going to get to a Jimmy Hart song in my work <laughs> in a moment. Uh, but, uh, but Niall, give us the first worst song from the 80s that you've got. I can't remember if this is 80s or 90s, but it's always stuck in my head. And like any time I watch any of this guy's matches, I'll fast forward his music. Bastion Booger. Bastion Booger's 90s. Ah, shit. Yeah. He's, uh, what was we thinking there now? What are we talking? 94, 95, around them. Oh, and it's just, it like it's just burps and, and farts noises, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And then there's, there's a little beat, a little beat underneath it, yeah. <laughs> See, this is the problem we've got with the 80s, right? The, they don't... So, 85 is Mania. Yeah. And by Mania 5, everybody's got music. But at Mania 3 and 4, not everyone's got music still. And they're still trying to figure out what exactly they're doing. And, and I think it's by the time they get to 5, they're properly rolling with everything. They know exactly what they're doing now. They get the packages out there. Everyone's got a song. It's personalised to them. People can recognise them the instant they start playing. It's it's because in the eighties, Ricky the Dragon Steamboat's using um, Je- Jefferson Lake Palmer. Is it Jefferson Lake and Palmer? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, um, there's there's pop songs. I the Tiger was Hogan's original song. Um, because that that um all American what's this what's the bloody song called? What's Hogan's um, Real American. Real American, that's it. That wasn't his original song. That was for a tag yeah. team with Barry Windham and uh Mike Rotunda and the American Express. That, that was right? their original theme. Yes. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. But uh what's um just on intro music as a whole. I'm sure I saw on a documentary once, and you guys will know better than I do. Was um, Sergeant Slaughter the first to have entrance music? <clears throat> In the WWWF. Is that so, just yeah. just within that one? So yeah. I'd heard he said he'd got a cassette tape with like kind of like the um the drill call or something, some kind of like bugle. And like he had a cassette and he went, play this, and I'm gonna walk down to this. But he wasn't the first. No, just so within it, that territory. Yeah, it was the first to say to Vince's dad, can right. I have music and play that? So the first guy, I think, or the first people officially were, were the Freebirds with Bad Street Atlanta, U, U, uh, GA. 
down which is a tune and i'm sorry i didn't pick it that, that has got to be on my honorable mention list if you can listen to that any of their any of the freebird songs after that do not listen to you don't touch with a brush they're absolutely awful but the original one's gonna get a nice bit of you know 80s rock metal vibes to it it's, it's quite nice <laughs> right. So Who was it that did the um, the rapper's crap one? Rapper's crap was uh, Kurt Henning and uh, they, uh, what were they called? They were in WCW later on in uh, late 90s, uh, 99, 98, around then. Uh, West Texas, um, something like that. Rednecks, West Texas, West, West Texas Rednecks. I'm sure they were called that. Uh, and it was like Barry Windham. Kurt Henning. Oh, I want to say uh, who was who's Barry Windham's brother? Wendell. Wendell. Wendell <laughs> Windham. When is it something yeah. like that? Yeah. Um. Uh, 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 yeah. It, it was a very. Oh shit! What are you doing here? Is that rap? It is crap. Oh, that yeah. That was late nineties. That one, mate. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was not coming back to me. <laughs> but uh, sorry, go on. So, uh, Dickie, give us your. Second, uh, you, you sorry, yeah, your first f- worst song of the 80s. I'm a little bit worried now that it might just peak in 1990. Oh, it's all right, mate. Don't worry, I'll, I'll let you know. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's a controversial one. It yeah. hopefully I can come back on the show after this, but um, <laughs> you're part of the stable, of course, yeah. Um, I, I'm gonna say "What a Rush" by Legion of Doom. Well, right, right, will, you banned. <laughs> <laughs> you think this is the worst? Not, not worse, worse. Uh, my argument is, I mean, we, we've heard the term like the Road Warrior puppets, and the intro that oh, "What a Rush," like, yeah. God, yes, perfect. Yeah. If we're looking at it from like. A song point of view because after you hear that you don't on, on on pay-per-views and matches when you're watching back you don't hear much of the rest of the music because everyone's just fucking losing their mind because it's the road warriors it's yeah. lod just screaming if like today you sit there and listen to the song it ain't that great a song it's no, it's, no. It's, it's weak it's weak song the song yeah definitely it's it's just this generic five chord sequence on repeat just <laughs> again and again no no it, it doesn't change it's like melody or anything there's, there's no change to it like honestly if if you change the production on it you'd think it was like a, a, one of weezer's new songs or something <laughs> like that <laughs> it's just just took the uh, animal uh, sorry hawk out at the, at the start and just yeah this is weezer's new track and every now and again he's got that uh, sort of it's kind of like when you call it a fixed line but it's not it's it's kind of there's there's two comparisons to this so there's edges music when you hear like um you think you know me and it went into his old music you know the oh, yeah. and yeah. now it goes into that wankery and it's also like when you heard the full version of spaceman by babylon zoo for the first time 
Yeah. Now that's a deep dive. <laughs> the intro's amazing, but once she kicks into the song, you're like, oh, I don't like this. <laughs> and, it's, and it's no diss on the LOD. I mean, God, I, I, I'm, I, I love a gimmick. I, I'm from like, my favorite rest is always like Mick Foley, Mankind, like Kane, and, like, and the LOD. I remember like, especially when they, it was that Summer Slam and stuff. My God, I was desperate for a pair of them foam pads with the spikes. <laughs> yeah. oh, I, yes. I love LOD. Yes. There's, I think it's uh, SummerSlam 92. There's a kid yes. in the crowd giving it big licks, and he's got a pair of the pads on. You just think, you look cool, bastard. Yeah. And you, like, look- <laughs> oh, no, you look cool, bastard. Because you know it's in England. It's like, oh, it was within your grasp, but out of your grasp, because none of us are going to SummerSlam. <laughs> but yeah, like... I know, just that. I mean, I love the LOD. Well, but actually, when you break it down, you're like, oh, okay. After the pop, it's a bit boring. Just, and then that's gonna, why they, they rushed to the ring. They 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 smashed it. <laughs> I'm going to piggyback on you, and I'm going to allow yours. It, it is ninety. But they did. Come is in that? Is it technically there. ninety? They just jumped in in ninety, but we'll allow it because I'm going to pick uh, the Legion of Doom. But I'm going to pick the Legion of Doom from. <laughs> Uh, the AWA, the Jim Crockett era, and all those sort of things, oh, okay. because they came out to a version of Iron Man that they recorded themselves, <laughs> uh, and they're singing, and all they all they sing is <laughs> "We are Iron Men," uh, and uh, yeah, it's like being at a practice with the Crash Bats, uh, the band, <laughs> uh, where the guitarist has just learned. A portion of a song and has said and for the last 20 minutes he's been playing it going we should do a cover of this um, <laughs> <laughs> oh honestly it's so how, how long did they use that for then uh most of the 80s because they, like they were really? they went to japan and they were in uh you know different territories really they were the last i think territory wrestlers that vince uh you know hadn't got um yeah. and the, the big draw one of the big draws at least anyway uh but yeah they use their own version of iron man <laughs> it's shit uh, <laughs> i i can't wait to hear it their um their their episode of dark side of the ring is fucking phenomenal as well yeah yeah i mean their whole career has been i mean like after wrestle do you know about this uh hawk and and, and summer slam 92 Neither of you know about that, no. Did it was Hawk? Uh, uh, was uh, Animal was the one with the uh, thing on his head and, and, the, and the elaborate face paint. Hawk was the one who had just had two sort of like little bits. Hawk uh, left the WWE, just quit. Uh, oh after, shit! After yeah. Slam '92 and joined a motorbike gang in England. Joined the Hell's Angels group in England with another wrestler, but I can never remember who the other wrestler was. <laughs> I want to say Crush, but I don't think it was Crush. I think it was someone else. Uh, and so uh, Animal went to Japan and started the Hell Raisins with, a, with another wrestler over there in Japan. And Hawk did like six or seven months of just traveling the UK, being in a motorbike gang. <laughs> I think that's fucking fantastic. <laughs> it's bizarre though, because like for, for the, the wild life that they lived on the road, I think was it Hawk that like just died completely peacefully? Like I remember yeah. vaguely on uh, the Dark Side of the Ring episode where like he moved house, he cleaned up and everything, and yeah. he was just moving into the house. And like 
his wife walked upstairs and there he was on the bed, like heart attack, gone. And I'm like, you would not expect that from that. Yeah, like the, the early part of the episode is talking about bar fights and like the the little wrestling kind of um, yeah, and they're from they're from Minnesota, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, so and like the scene yeah. up there, yeah. The, the, them, Rick Rude, um, Jesse Ventura, Ventura, yeah. and uh, there was a couple of others who were mates. Who was they all sort of were bouncers at a bar, weren't they? Yeah. Um, WWF. <laughs> WWF. <laughs> Didn't as well at that SummerSlam like like they came out on the. Harley and everything, yeah, yeah, didn't yeah. they? And so, yeah. like, I've seen some of like, didn't one of them like park it too close to like the railings? And with a Harley, apparently, like you got to climb off the one side of the bike, the the opposite side to the exhaust pipe, because it gets fucking hot. And basically, he had been boxed in by the other, so he had to get off on the wrong side of the bike. <laughs> Melted his fucking tights, third degree burns before the match even starts. He's like, <laughs> like. <laughs> Melted like latex or like whatever it is all over his legs. He's like, now I've got to fucking wrestle a match. Like, I need a doctor already. Incredible. Brilliant. Brilliant. Okay, brilliant. But yeah, so my worst pick is uh, the LOD's theme tune from everywhere else, but the WWE, their own version (laughs) of Iron Man. Uh, Niall, give us your second one, mate. Um, probably another controversial one. It's another faction. I hated Demolition's music. Uh, oh. Mate, me and you, we're in sync. No, we're all, all three of us are in sync <laughs> on this one. Right? I had this written down on my list and it took me... I got a controversial one for mine, I think. But Can it, I just say to the listeners, though, we are in pretty much constant contact in a little group chat, but we have not revealed to each other. Not, not, at, all. At, all. not at all. Not, not at, at all. all. I am 100% with you on this. Everyone cites this as being a classic song and being a brilliant song. It is shit. Yeah, it is absolute <laughs> dog shit. Yeah, it's like uh, you get excited for it. We think, oh, Demolition song, brilliant. This is going incre- to be a great one. And it starts, and it's, oh, it's just awful. Absolutely awful. Also, here comes the axe. Here comes the smasher. It were called smasher. I mean, off the bat, you're calling them the wrong names. That's exactly. bullshit. Exactly. And yeah. it, it just it felt like they were trying to do like I don't know, like a family friendly version of like fucking like cock rock or something like yeah. that. It sound it sounded like honestly, it reminds me of um what's it called? The Big Bottom by Spinal Tap. My baby fits me like a flesh tuxedo. <laughs> I love to sink her with my pink torpedo. Like it, it's it's tantamount to that, but like in a safe enough way that parents aren't going to get outraged by it. Weren't they Pig. supposed to be like Vince's version of LOD? Yeah, I think, it, and that's it, isn't it? Again, it's it's yeah. a budget it's a budget version of them. He had a lot of them around this time because he couldn't actually sign them. So he had uh, Demolition, he had uh, War- uh, Powers of Pain, the Warlord and the Barbarian. Nice. Uh, he put um, Seeker from Afrin Seeker. He put him with Kamala, and those two had like Kimchi and Mr. Fuji as the manager for a little while. Uh, and uh, and then um, called the generic foreigners. Just, yeah, <laughs> just yeah. Vince's racist stable. <laughs> Vince's racist savages. Um, <laughs> Don't don't headbutt these guys. That won't work. <laughs> yeah. 
and they've also got uh, an interpreter under a mask kimchi always fascinated me um kamala's handler yeah yeah that was bizarre um But yeah, yeah, yeah. Vince had a hard on for sort of LOD uh, stereotypes and, and knockoffs around this time, and I think the music sort of fits Demolition's look perfectly and everything like that. But it's just turgent. It's just it's just yeah. awful. Like it's just it's it's so it's very slow. It's it's got the sort of heaviness to it, but there's also this MIDI sort of beat in the background almost with it as well and it's just it's just not good not good good choice now i'm 100 with you on this one demolition yeah. shouldn't ever have gone on as long as they did because to see them in later years you just like literally ew hey i i, I met a couple of wrestlers a few years ago at uh old trafford uh the man united football ground uh warrior uh brett hart um i met sonny uh, Honky Tonk Man. Um, who was the other one? I got a picture. Oh, Brutus Barber B Cake. So then I've got a picture with me and Brutus Barber B Cake, me and the Honky Tonk Man, and me and Sonny. Uh, but Demolition were there as well. And both of them had the face paint on. I've, uh, I've seen this, yeah. And both of them were sat there with just like golf shirts on uh, and like, you know, bald heads. Uh, it was it it was a depressing sight. It really was. It really it's was. a bit tragic because it's like there's an eye off star power that without the makeup you don't know who I am. <laughs> exactly, exactly. I mean, and Barry Darso is a, a lovely man on Twitter, and he's very nice. But if you bring up Repo Man to him, he does not like that. Repo Man was fucking great. Exactly, Repo Man's fantastic. When he stole Macho Man's hat. On, on, on the second episode of Raw. Fantastic stuff. Repo's Man's theme tune was close to going into my great songs, actually. Unfortunately, like, unfortunately that, yeah, that is a 90s what, one, though, that one, definitely. Oh, is it? Yeah, uh, much like, what about Owen Hart's one? Because this is the other one that... <laughs> I'll allow that because he used that as the blue blazer around uh, WrestleMania 5 time. So, yes, I will right. allow... The, the, that, that is a funky tune uh there's but, similarities to the repo man's i think within that yeah. if i remember right but yeah definitely yeah but i <laughs> yeah I, I would allow that one definitely but yeah 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 <laughs> uh so yeah sorry dicky you give us your second worst pick <laughs> demolition demolition De- demolition yeah that's the one i'd cut down i did have an honorary mention which i'll throw out as my yeah. my I guess my second choice now because me and Nile are too aligned with each other. Um, the other one was the Nasty Boys. Oh, now this is controversial cut, for yeah, me. Cut, I, this, I I love this song. Uh, dear, yeah, it's it's nineties. It is nineties. I said no, yeah, because they. I listened they, to their own album for my research. <laughs> <laughs> they, I found they, on Spotify. It was called the Federation Year. So yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's no, got to be eighties. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. I know, I know the one you mean. But no, that <laughs> just, they just creep into the nineties. Just, uh, but to me. I, I I fucking love that song. That's so nice. That's so nice, and it's so it's again one of those songs that the minute it starts playing, boom! <laughs> <laughs> I just does what it's supposed to do. 
Yeah, but to me, like it, it, the one with the scratching, yeah, yeah, and the, yeah, to it, me, it, it sounds, sounds like a, it sounds like a man who's washing his car window. <laughs> this is it. This is what I was going to say. Like it's it's like okay, we recognise that like hip hop and stuff. It's a bit, it's underground. It's a bit out there. Like, should we maybe bring in like a hip hop artist, somebody who knows how to scratch? And they've just looked around, going, ah, fuck it. No, I've I've got a record player over there. I could do this. Waka 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 waka. It's a. There's no attempt. There is no attempt to do. But that was that was an honorary mentioning demolitions the one against the fucking the bad rap i'll wait for the 90s episode we're gonna get so deep on the 90s one don't worry we're gonna need a couple one for the 90s anyway or to decide we'll split that one up <laughs> um right mine this is going to be controversial it may be i'm not sure but um the heart foundations theme tune which Later on, turned on into Bret Hart's music, but the original Hart Foundation music is like a loading screen from a Nintendo, a shit Nintendo <laughs> game, like a shit NES game, like you know, oh the fucking a Fantastic Four game on the Super NES, uh, not in the Super Nintendo, the NES, <laughs> like the loading screen for that. It's oh, it's so chip tune, MIDI, drums, it absolutely awful and again people think it's up there like the demolition one people think oh it's great absolutely great it's not it's shit stop it <laughs> stop putting this up there stop it so yeah that's mine so what would this have been in like the wwf or would they have used this kind of like in no, territories no. as well this w this is wwf so this was from uh i mean they got this in around 86 87 so it's, it's from then and they start using it then and until they split up and then brett takes that but sort of adds to it a little bit and the the, the at the start of the guitar like yeah. the start comes in the do, 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 build up is just becomes better and it becomes a more well-rounded song when Brett's using it but when it, it's just the heart foundation it's the bare bones Nez midi <laughs> that kind of noise in the back it's, oh, it's a shit song it's a shit song that sounds incredible to me <laughs> <laughs> I mean I don't know if you've ever seen that thing 8-bit punk rock where it's 8-bit versions of punk rock songs 8-bit yeah. Eight, eight bit wrestling themes. Yeah, I could get on board with that as well. Uh, so I'm, I mean, I'm, I'm yeah. going to love listening to this one. To be fair, I think I'd be more enjoying of the sixteen bit wrestling songs. I mean, I remember, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, Raw on the Mega Drive, uh, and you know, having Raw Rumble on the Mega Drive and stuff like that. So sixteen bit wrestling tunes. Yeah, I get with that. <laughs> eight, eight, eight bits probably a bit just a bit too a bit too far. <laughs> Right, let's move on to packages. Let's let's talk about some packages. Like I like to say, we eighties were a little bit short on the packages, uh, but we, you know, there were some. And WWE came, you know, like I said before, they, by the time we get to WrestleMania five eighty nine, they're sort of fucking running with it and they're going with it. But um, there are some decent packages. So, Niall, did you did you get? Uh, are we all picked two packages? 
I've got to say, I, I'm underprepared on this bit, so I'm just going to try and give some input on your guys. Cool. No worries, mate. I'm no going to start with on. my uh, my worst package, which I sent in the chat. All right. Um, okay. Yeah. Jumping Jeff Farmer. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. that's clearly words on a big fucking board behind the camera. I don't this, know. If it, I don't know if it's that. I think it's just this is what you've got to get across, Jim. Right. Remember, you don't worry about the camera, Jim. Right. Don't be nervous, mate. Just remember, Motley Cruz, you're gonna you're gonna be fighting them, and away you go, Jim. Off your pop. This is, <laughs> and you can tell like a couple of minutes before, and he's like, right, yes, gonna get my words across eloquently. Gets on the camera, he's like, I, I am, I am coming for you, <laughs> girl. It's, it's just. It, it, it stands amount to like, you know, you remember the classic Louis through weird weekends when he's trying out and yeah. Louis doing the promo. And yeah. I forget what his name is. It's not Sarge. It's, it's the other trainer at the power plant just yeah. shouting things at him that he's got to try and get through in his promo and just Peel, grab it uh, in the headlights. Pistol Pete Watkins. Wat, That's yeah. who, just like a That's thumb wrestle. Like yeah. Pistol Pete. Yeah. Brilliant jobber for WWE. It's that sort of thing. It's like you, you've got to include these facts, these stats. This is what you got to get in, man. Yeah. yeah, But they just all crumbles completely in the first few. Yep, I don't like it when the tables get turned on me, Molly Cruz. You turn the tables on me. Somebody's obviously said, right, Motley Cruz. Get that in. They're, they're the bad guys, yeah? They've turned the tables on you, Jeff, right? So just tell us what you feel. You turned the <laughs> tables on me, and I don't like it. It's like he's made bullet points in his mind and he's just grabbing for them. But credit to, like, the interviewer, he's completely straight-faced the whole way through. Yeah. If that were Gene Oakland, he'd just be like, get off my stage. Gene would be <laughs> pissing himself laughing. Gene would have turned his back. There's a couple of classic ones, if you watch. Iron Cheek. G, mean Gene interviews are absolutely fantastic. There's one where he actually calls him an intelligent Jew businessman. Yeah. And Mean Gene looks at him and then just turns away and sort of smirks. And you can see his shoulders going a little bit. But there's ones with a where uh, Iron Sheik's pulling a, a chicken out of a basket. And it's Mean it's Gene, a turkey for the turkey bowl. Yes, yeah. he has to just He's turn around. These were going to be my choices. Like he's like Iron Sheik spitting on this turkey. <laughs> he slams the cage on it. I think off screen you can hear Bobby the brain in and like said he just gave that turkey a potato. <laughs> like that. That was the thing with um, Gene and Shaky Baby because like Gene essentially taught Shake English pretty much. Is that right? And how really? to do his promos and stuff. Because I remember the tweet he sent after Gene passed away. He was like. I love him forever. He, he got me through interviews. He taught me how to say the right things and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. But you well, can, yeah. there's definitely ri- a lot of ribbing going on from Gene's side. They they both started together in the AWA, I suppose. Yeah. They would have both been there. So, yeah, Gene would have coached him through. Oh, my God. Yeah, I never thought about that before. Yeah, that's fun. That's amazing. Yeah, but uh, those some of those... Oh, I mean, Gene, you are an intelligent Jew businessman. Uh, and you just see Gene's eyes. What? Uh, oh, okay. Uh, well, he says that then. Just say uh, something about me being an intelligent businessman or something. <laughs> yeah. 
also it was Gene Mean. It was never Gene, Mean yeah. Gene. It was Gene Mean, Gene mean Gene wasn't mean. it? With Sheiky Baby. Gene Mean, my baba. <laughs> but yeah, also if you have a look at them, that's like if you just YouTube like Mean Gene outtakes, the stuff he did with Kamala as well. That stuff was brilliant because well, he's just yeah, no, he's barking him. Yeah, he, he didn't turn up for like interviews or yeah. like telly or something. He's just there reading like yeah. bookie my, statements or something. My favourite's when the poster falls off the wall behind him and Gene just fucking loses it. <laughs> Fuck it. Fuck it. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so if we're going like, if we're going best of promos, that, that's all I'm picking is mean I Gene see. outtakes. Yeah. I just, yeah, yeah. just all of the mean oh, all the mean Gene outtakes, fantastic. Uh, yeah, yeah, like you, YouTube, <laughs> um, you're in for a treat. <laughs> there's one where like he's mugging off. It's um, Greg the Hammer Valentine, just right. being really loud and over the top. And he's like, brings Valentine's like partner of the time over. He's like, what's it like when you sit around the table like at Thanksgiving dinner? Is it like, pass the Fucking potatoes. This is me and Gene. This is a family product, but he's just. Yeah, YouTube them. They're Pop great. Valve. Brilliant. Are we, on, are we doing worst? We're doing worst on best at the moment. Sorry. <laughs> I, I think can't, I can't. Best. Uh, best. Best. Either or. You, you started off with jumping Jeff Farmer. Yeah, I had I to think. get that one out of the way. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's just throwing me. We evolved right. into me and Gene. Right, sorry. So, if we're doing best, I'm going to say Piper's Pit, but I'm going to say the Hulk Hogan WrestleMania three, Andre the Giant, Piper's Pits. Uh, uh, oh, uh, yes, all lead up. That was together. my second choice. <laughs> so, um, uh, it starts off with Hogan being awarded an award for being champion for three years. <laughs> and and Andre's there next to him and he's being a friend, you know, he's clapping along, everything's great. The next week, Andre gets uh, an award for being undefeated for 15 years. And his award is slightly less smaller, slightly smaller, sorry, than Hogan's. And, uh, you know, Andre's a little bit missed. He walks off whilst he's getting the award and Hogan's bigging him up to the crowd. He just Andre just turns around and walks off. <clears throat> next week uh, Hogan comes out on the pit and says uh, you know everything's alright Andre's fine there's no problems with Andre and then Bobby Heenan comes out uh, with Andre the Giant and everyone's like what what's going on and Andre's turned heel and he challenges Hogan to a match at Wrestlemania and he rips off Hogan's t-shirt in, uh, in the Piper's pit and pulls off his chain and actually cuts Hogan's chest and whilst he's on his knees, Piper's on his knees with Hogan and they're picking themselves up. And Piper just sort of quietly says to Hogan, you're bleeding. And it's, beautiful, it's a beautiful little scene. And he makes him stand up and he says, are you going to fight Andre the Giant at WrestleMania 3? And Hogan gives out this yes raw. That is the, I, I swear to God, if you took that and sort of put a little bit of bass in it, you could use it as a raw for a dinosaur for like Jurassic yeah. Park, World 3 or whatever. You know, it's it's a fantastic, the whole sequence of things is absolutely fantastic. And so that's my pick for best, one of the best, first best promo. Before, before I can says fighting, he's like looking around, he's like, he's like, he's, devastated about having yeah. to do it yeah yeah 
Uh, yeah. Um, I think we touched on this last month as well, but there's a lot going on behind the scenes for that one because um, basically Hogan wasn't sure that Andre was going to do the job for him, like literally right up until the match itself. Yeah. Like Andre was proper getting into his head, like, we'll see, boss. I don't know, boss, <laughs> kind of thing. And yeah. Like that. Um, I can't remember who actually like slammed Andre before and I think it might have been Big John Studd but it was definitely not the first time that Andre had been lifted off his feet but obviously well, it wasn't, free think, internet it wasn't even the I, first time Hogan had slammed I was about to say I think Hogan had done it once in Japan or Korea or something right in the WWF he'd done it oh, in okay. um, uh, uh, when Hogan first came into the WWF it was a heel and I think they'd done it on uh, an outdoor show uh, he slammed him um uh, uh, yeah, it uh, like this is before Maybe that's what I'm saying. Vince's dad, it was before Vince was running things and before Hulkamania started. And everything like that. so, it, there's he had footage of him, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, it's not televised in the WWF style, WWF canon starts. So yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. So, I mean, yeah, it may have been, I don't think it was capital wrestling, it was WWF, probably. Yeah. Uh, but it, yeah, it definitely did happen. Um, definitely. Um, go on now then are, are you picking that Hogan Andre as well for the back no that, that was my second choice right okay my go first on. choice yeah is hard times brother <laughs> hard times the, oh my god that was like there was no shouting there, there was no over the top like yelling it was just a, what looked like a desperate desperate man yeah just basically kind of almost pleading to Ric Flair. It's like, look, you're rich and all this shit. Let me tell you about hard times, brother. Brother. And that whole promo is up there in the top two for me alongside Kane Dewey, which we'll probably get into next month. Yeah, well, no, no, yeah, when we, do, when, we do, when we get to the late 90s, we'll, we'll get to that. 90s one. part two, yeah. Yeah, and I'll, yeah. Do, I'll tell you my controversial uh, opinion upon that promo when we get to that one. But, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, yeah, the <laughs> Dusty Rhodes was an absolute master of the promo, and he didn't he didn't deviate from what he was talking about. He, he just basically went straight down the line. It's like, I am, you know, a working man, Etc. Etc. And just to watch that for the first time ever was just like, holy shit! They took your job. Baby. I'd grown up with, yeah, I'd grown up with the um, the yellow spotted Dusty Rhodes. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't know too much about him, you know, in his his fancy suits and his his like, you know, Had big air. perm and everything. Yeah. <laughs> and when I watched that for the first time, I was just like, holy fucking shit! Yeah, there's like, another one he, around the same time he does where he says, uh, "I have wined and dined with kings and queens." Yes, I, I slept in alleys and ate pork and beans. Yes, and for years I couldn't understand what he was saying at the end of that. I've wined <laughs> and dined with kings and queens and slept with flavour with pork and beans. I thought that, <laughs> I, that I couldn't understand what he was saying. But yeah. hard times is a is a fantastic. Rick Flair, you put hard times on America, baby. When you put the dusty road, the American dream on the side, baby. Hard times when a computer took your job, daddy. And how they give you is the gold watch. <laughs> but it's, it's like it's his delivery. It's it's 
it's almost i mean obviously it is poetic but it's just the way it flows and you're just like literally hanging on his every word and you're like do you know what dusty Rhodes? i want you to beat the living fuck out of rick flair <laughs> <laughs> that rich son of a bitch yeah uh, special I'm getting goosebumps thinking about it. I was, I was going to pick Flair's uh, shoes cost more than your house promo, which is fantastic. It's just absolutely amazing. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm not picking that one. But it, I mean, it, that, you know, my shoes cost more than your house. I'm having a hard time <laughs> holding these gators down, baby. <laughs> yeah if um, if you're on instagram check out no context flare memes as well they are just legit brilliant oh they <laughs> yeah because i watched you watch some early um sort of mid 90s wcw pay-per-views and there's some weird shit they do with him there is some strange there's a pay-per-view i can't remember which one it is but they go to his house he's fighting vader that all that they go to his house Charlotte's there as a young, as a young girl. Young and, Ashley. Uh, <laughs> Ashley. Come here, Ashley. Um, <laughs> and it, Ric Flair and Mean Gene. No, Ric Flair, I think I think it's Mean Gene. It might be Tony Schiavone, though. One, him and, a, and, a, and an announcer driving a limousine from Ric Flair's house to the arena, and they do like interview along the way. And after it sort of, it starts at the beginning of the pay-per-view, this, and then it obviously the main event, but it keeps cutting. I don't know how long this car journey was, but it took him a, a good <laughs> a good like three hours to get to this arena. Rick Flair must have been like bored shitless to Tony Schiavone by the end of the pay-per-view. Like, I can't wait to get to the arena to fight Vader now. I'm just sick of this boat. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Controversially though, Rick Flair went downhill for me when yeah. he went short back and sides. Yes. Yes, yeah, I, I, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. In the in the um, in the sort of late nineties time, um, there was a period where he wouldn't take his, his t shirt off to wrestle, and I think he just lost a bit of himself uh, in the late nineties. But it, it took Triple H apparently to take him to one side and go, "You do know you're Ric Flair, don't you?" Uh, to sort of get yeah. that back out of him. And I think by the end of his WWE career with Sean, the, the match with Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Was fantastic i'm sorry i love, I love you <laughs> and every every single grown man watching that night was reduced oh, to tears i was in tears i could tell you i was in tears watching that definitely that that wasn't the end of the career we we had a match a couple of months ago no that was the end of his career that was the end of it that was his last ever match when sean said sorry i love you and that's when rick's career ended i'm sorry anyway to be fair Post that that Jay Lethal TNA segment. I mean, Abs- yeah, yeah, absolutely. That alone Fantastic. is something worth him hanging around. TNA? Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was um, you legit then for a minute. Yeah. <laughs> we'll you didn't to, know. <laughs> we'll have to wait a couple, a good couple of months till we get there, but uh, <laughs> we'll definitely get there. Definitely get there. It's like a couple but, of like way back when his most recent match was announced, I was literally sitting there reading it on my phone and like my missus was sat next to me watching TV or something. I literally went, oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> my missus was like, what's up with you? It was like, Rick fucking Flair. She's like, oh, here we go. Oh, God, here we go. Yeah. What's he going on about now? Who? <laughs> 
Do you think that's a generational thing, though? Do you think that's going to like fall off the map now? Because obviously, you Terry Funks and uh, there's countless wrestlers who just refuse to retire. Mm. Do you think like we're past that period now, where like obviously you've got people like who are idolized by younger talent? So I guess Austin, The Rock, people like that who kind of retired and hung up the shoes. Mm the boots a bit earlier do you think we won't see i don't know like a kofi kingston at 72 <laughs> being like this is Just my using, last match ever using his zimmer to like get back into the ring at the 2072 <laughs> royal rumble yeah uh, do you know what i mean yeah do you think like um, it, it, it's it's like it's it's part of the territory days do you think it's an era that we perhaps move past now don't know it, it depends it depends what level you get to and how you know if you get a great gimmick and you get to a cena level uh a rock level you don't need to go back really unless your movie career is sort of dwindling a bit and then yeah, yeah. you know pop away you pop if you're bob holly what else are you doing you can't i mean unless you know you go back to the to the nascar racing Oh my god, <laughs> is that Sparky Plug? <laughs> or Thurman. Good old Thurman. Which is which is one of my favorite things, bringing it full circle to the Royal Rumble. First ever winner, Hacksaw Jim Duggan. How he always said he built himself for longevity. He went, I never took a bump. I didn't have a, like an over-the-top move set. I punched and kicked. And he was like, and I knew I could work for 40 years doing this. Yeah, and he can yeah. still turn up in a ring. He can yeah. throw a couple of fists at people. He can stick his thumb up, shout a ho, and people are go home happy. And he's like, I, I, I built myself for the long run. <laughs> I think with with this, like, your, your AAA gold star, like, god-tier wrestlers, like Shawn Michaels, who, when he announced that he was coming back for the Saudi money, I was like, mm. I just lost so much fucking respect for you. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah, he yeah. had a great run. He was like, "I'm retired. I'm staying retired. You can offer me X, Y, Z." And he went through, you know, doing everything backstage in that. And as soon as it was announced that Shawn Michaels was going to be at Crown Jewel, I was like, "Mate, don't ruin your legacy." Mm -hmm. Ric Flair, I think, was always going to work like some kind of match the, the week after WrestleMania or something. <laughs> yeah. Stone Cold coming back, I definitely do think that is a one and done. And he yeah. had a lot of say in picking KO as his opponent because they're the same character, essentially. Yeah, yeah. storytelling is fine. Yeah, I guess but, Undertaker's the big one, really, isn't it? Floating out there now. Will yeah. Undertaker ever do it again? I've watched that documentary on the network about him, you know, the one that's split into like several parts. And I'm mm. I the get, last ride. Yeah, I get why he kept coming back when he did, mm -hmm. but it was it always seemed like he was just trying to grasp for something that he couldn't quite reach. Yeah, I yeah. think he should have been done after the the Lesnar, like yeah, out of the yeah. street. Yeah, yeah, definitely. That's that's when it should have ended for him. But again, it's wrestling, and they don't really know when to end something properly. No, I think um, the frustrating thing with Taker as well was the the moment where he left his boots in the ring. I was like, that's it. That is yeah, it. Yeah. That is the cherry on your take. Okay. Yeah. Do not keep ice in it. Do not fucking put anything else on it. Boots, coat, hat in the ring. Iconic fucking moment. Love Let it problem. go. Yeah. And then he gets back home to Michelle McCool and is like, I got one more in me. Yeah, I've got about seven more in. I think I think what <laughs> happened actually was Michelle McCool walked in with her uh, rollerblades and went, Look, love, I'm loving life. 
Come on. <laughs> and, and he went, you know what? I think I've got one more in me. <laughs> I, am, I am not loving life enough to get out I've of got me. one more in me. Help me up off the sofa. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think like, it's, it's a strange one because back in sort of like the 80s, 90s, you didn't have the big sort of wrestlers turn movie stars in the vein that you've got, you know, The Rock, Cena, Batista, they can come back just for the fun of it, yeah. if they fancy it. And they know that they'll draw as well. Yeah, I don't think yeah. we'll ever see Batista again. No, I think he's respectfully, yeah, he's like, do you know what, lads? It's been yeah. great. I'm a serious actor now. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. to his credit, he really is. Yeah. And I think he'll probably come back for... Hall of Fame stuff and you know all that kind oh, of shit. Yeah, 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 yeah. And like yeah. Warrior, Warrior got, you know, uh, I, I have no doubt in my mind if he had not died, uh, the the night the day after that Raw, he would have been brought back for a match somewhere, oh, yeah. somewhere right? You know, definitely. So yeah, yeah I can see Batista. Yeah, he'll be there like kind of waving and doing a bit of a fan spot and stuff like that. But I think they. They tested the water, didn't they? When he came back for that rumble after Guardians of the Galaxy and everything, they're like, "We kind of misjudged this. He, he ain't quite that guy." Yeah, right person, wrong time. Yeah, yeah he wasn't the Rock. He weren't. Uh, yeah, if he'd have done it a year later, he'd have probably gone over massive. But well, apparently, they, 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 uh, he came to them and said, "Look, I'm in this movie, Guardians of the Galaxy, it's a Marvel film." Uh, I can come back and we can, you know, do a bit of promotion. And apparently Triple H is definitely my moment. Nah, that's not going to take off as a film. That. <laughs> so, we'll, we'll not have you for now. And uh, and they went, he went, fine, fine, fair enough. And then later on, I had to come back again because they were like, yeah. uh, money, here's some money, Dave. Do you want some of his <laughs> yeah, money? Yeah, I think yeah. his last match, wasn't that the WrestleMania before COVID? Uh, where he did the whole, give me what I want. Yes, with like uh, at Ric Flair and like and dragged, yeah, dragged Flair's mm. body through like that was great. Yeah, yes, that was. But great. the only problem with that that mania, if I remember rightly, including pre-show, was seven and a half hours long. And by the time it got <laughs> yes. to Triple H and Batista, it was like watching back on it. It's a good match, but at the time, I'm just like, give me Becky. Doesn't he <laughs> pierce his nose or something though? Yeah, in that match. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that match though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, right. Come on now, give us your, your second. Best package. Yeah, so we've gone well off tangent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's get back. Um, let's get back. Shit, anything that Rubbish and Rick Rude did when he came oh, on stage. You, However, yes. one specific instance, and you know what I'm about to say. Go. When because he used to have like his um, his trunks like spray painted. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it whose face did he have on it that pissed another wrestler off? Jake the Snake Roberts' wife. In kayfabe and in real life. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah. Was yeah, it Robert's yeah. wife? Was it? Yeah. I remember yeah, he had. Yeah. I mean, he had a face on his crutch. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Mrs. Mrs. Snake. Mrs. I want to have all you sweat hogs. You filthy sweat hogs. This is what a real man looks like. Oh, I loved it. I loved it. Cut my music. If anyone that, if anyone ever says that, cut my music. That instantly is Rick, Rick Rude. Instantly. Yeah. 
And it's just such a shame how they utilised him in DX because he was he was done by that time mm. as a performer. Yeah, well, he had to be because he'd signed a massive Lloyds of London insurance policy thing and uh, they paid out on him having a bad back and not being able to wrestle. So if he wrestled on TV, he had to pay millions back to the yeah. insurance people. So, and that's why he was the insurance policy for Shawn Michaels. Um, and I always thought Rick Rude and DX was a, was a fantastic little little thing. He was not really used that way, but it, it was a it was a what I want right now is for all you sweat hogs. <laughs> <laughs> but the, yeah, that particular moment where like he came to the ring and he's got was it Cheryl. Cheryl Roberts. Yes. Uh, yes. Yes. It is. Yeah. 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 And he's got her like he's got her face like on his on his tights, and he's just giving it the whole you know rude thing. I'm like, you absolute shit heel. I fucking <laughs> hate that, but I love it at the same time. Jake is going to be so very upset. And fucking hell, he was. He was indeed. He was indeed. Okay, brilliant. Okay, brilliant. Yes, Rick Rude. I think the Amazing. technical term for Rick Rude is shithousery. He was the absolute <laughs> master of it. Well, coming to my my second uh, best uh, promo package uh, of the 80s, I'm going to pick the Million Dollar Man. And I'm going to pick a specific one for the Million Dollar Man uh, where he pays off uh, the guy who runs the public swimming pool um, pays well. He makes him close the public pool, kick all the kids out. Virgil helps kick all the kids out. Come on, get out of the pool. Come on, get out, get out now. Come on. And then the million dollar man sits on a lilo on his own in the pool whilst all the kids are on the other side of the fence staring in. It's <laughs> fantastic. It's absolutely amazing. <clears throat> There's a couple like on a theme. This is as he's debuting. So there's a couple like that run along this theme where there's one where he goes to a restaurant, there's a big long queue, but he, he just walks up to the front, pays off the maitre d', and then they, they kick somebody off the table and wipe away their food, and he sits down. And I think there's another one. Um, oh, there's another one where he cuts his finger on counting money in the back of the car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so they go, to the, they go to the hospital and uh, Vir him and Virgil pay off the woman and uh, he gets to see a doctor straight away. But the one with the kids in the pool is a fantastic, absolutely brilliant work. Well done. Was it the one where like he burst the kids basketball or something like that? No, I was about to bring this up. So yeah, like the yeah. one at the swimming pool is like devastating, but at least in my mind, they're actors. They're there. They yeah. they yeah. know the score. The one with this, it was like it wasn't a million dollar man said. If you can bounce this basketball ten times in a row, I'll give you a hundred dollars. Yeah. He does it about eight times and then just twats the ball away or something. That's it, yeah. Kick, and kicks it's it like, away. Kicks it away. Like, yeah. And yeah. the kid looks genuinely heartbroken. Like he's not in on the the take. I'm like, sure there was something a couple of years ago where they reunited as well. <laughs> well, Rob Van Dam was one of them. Was so, it? Yeah, because he, he so no, yeah, so he does this a lot. He, he, like at this point, like he kicks the kids' ball away. I think with Rob Van Dam, I can't remember what he's getting him to do, but he, he gets him up to do something. You know, he's about to do it, and then he's you know he changes his mind or he 
takes the thing away and so Rob Van Dam can't do it but it's like a young Rob Van Dam is one of them definitely right. he makes a woman bark like a dog and uh, he's saying no that's the wrong type of dog I want you to bark like a chihuahua no get down on your knees and bark like a chihuahua I'll give you $300 if you get down on your knees now and bark like a chihuahua it's fantastic little things like no one else is doing this kind of stuff at the time and it's it, it just fantastic stuff Absolutely fantastic. <laughs> he must have been laughing when he came into the WWF at the oh, time because mate, obviously yeah. kayfabe was still going on. From what exactly. I hear, like Vince basically said to him, you got to live your persona. So yeah. I am going to limo drive you over. I'm going to private fly you. Yeah. You're going to eat in the best places because if anyone sees you off camera, they yeah. need to believe it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and imagine the heat he would have got backstage, like everyone else, like fucking just shacked up in a car, driving <laughs> however far. I mean, like, right. in the DBRC. D- Domino's, right? D- Ted DiBiase owes his everything to Domino's, right? So if Butch Reed doesn't do a no-show and they and Vince has to change plans and give Honky Tonk Man the Intercontinental title, title so he can move up Macho Man to get the heavyweight title. DiBiase is in this position where he, he's the one of the company's biggest heels at this point, and he needs a title, but they don't want to give him the world title because they can't take that off and give it to a heel. So DiBiase at that point then gets the million dollar man belt, if you will, and, and, and that's where that comes in. So if Butch Reed hadn't no-showed, if Butch Reed had turned up, wow. basically, I don't think any of that would have happened. Uh, which is quite weird to think about if you, you know, it is, that is we wouldn't have got the longest reigning intercontinental title run. We wouldn't have got Macho winning the belt at, at Mania 4 and then getting the mega powers exploding at 5. We wouldn't have got the million dollar band belt. It's just a very strange set of dominoes that one guy set off. It's, Probably it's, wouldn't have got um, Stone Cold Steve Austin in his current form. He was a protege of DBS, wasn't he? He was, yeah. He started off as as uh, uh, as what was it, the ringmaster? The ringmaster. Yeah, yeah he yeah, was yeah. gifted the million dollar championship yeah, straight yeah, away. Yeah, yeah, and the million dollar dream. He had that as well. He was the finish. That. Yeah, he was gifted that as well at the same time. Um, I'd, like, I'd like to see that title come back if he was if he was put on the right shoulders. It weren't right for Austin, but no. the million dollar belt. Yeah. That was they, in NXT, not so long ago. I was going to say, they did bring it in into NXT, didn't they? But yeah, I, if you had like a Bobby Roode character from his TNA run, like the... Uh, yeah, I've always said, make Sheldon Benjamin win the lottery, then he can use the term, it's all about the Benjamins, and and then you can give Sheldon Benjamin, <laughs> you can give Sheldon Benjamin that title. I mean, why not? You know? You've already got like... What was he referred to as the gold standard? Exactly. And stuff like there you that. go. There, there you go. You go. You, you've got money. You, you've got a story arc there. You can build around exactly. that. Exactly. 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 Right, Niall, your worst off, worst promos, worst packages, worst. The worst promos have done the Jeff Farmer. Um, yeah. Couldn't really think of anything else beyond that because that had blinded me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> with how bad it was. Um. No, I've, I've I've drawn a blank on that one. Don't get any more. I'm gonna go. I've, I've got two, so I'm gonna pick Outback Jack. Did of you know who Outback Jack? <laughs> Was this off the back of Crocodile Dundee? Yep, 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 yep. But 
So, oh, not Skinner, because there was Skinner as no, well, so wasn't Skinner, there? Skinner was like a, a Florida gator guy. Right. So he was from, yeah, he was from Florida, and he, he had like chewing tobacco and that kind of stuff. Outback Jack was Australian. It was a Crocodile Dundee ripoff. Uh, and had promos run all the way through 86. He debuts in something like, I think, uh, November or October. But his, his promos run all fucking year. And he started in like <laughs> January 1986 and run till October. And it's just out by Jack in the outback. Uh, oh, good I there, mate. How's it going? Yeah, I'm out back, Jack. And uh, I can't wait to get to the WWE. It's great. And that's it. That's the fucking promise, though. There's nothing else to it. Yeah. I think he won. He throws a did you, uh, he throws a, a boomerang. Another he plays a did you do. Uh, and that's about it. And but they, they, they constantly got played all the time in in, in the WWE the eighties. All the, and he was a shit wrestler as well. I was he gonna was, say, was there any payoff to it? Like, uh, like I, he never no got title, onto, no uh, titles, right? Oh no, no, nothing like that. No titles. His move, his finishing move was to clothesline someone in the front, then wait till they stood up and then run and clothesline them from the back. So it's like a boomerang clothesline. Oh, Jesus. Exactly. Exactly. That was the level of thought they put into this ticket. Okay, and it yeah. lasted a fucking... It lasted like a good two years. He was the, a perennial jobber that they gave these massive packages of promos to for no reason. And uh, it, watching it all back now, like... Uh, it's just, it's just so frustrating watching these packages. <laughs> wait till we get to the, wait till we get to the early two thousands. That's reminded me of, of a similar, yeah, similar yeah, sort I, of thing. Yeah, oh, yeah. there's loads, there was loads then as well because you had the Kazanis and and and, and uh, um, Alberto Del Rio's. I mean, oh. Del Rio was great in the ring, but his fucking packages went on for months, <laughs> absolute months. Um, Fuck it, yeah. Oh, good God. And the other one, the other worst one I, I, I picked was, uh, it's got a musical theme, so we'll, I'll play this uh, at, the, at the end. We'll play the full thing at the end. But it's the AWA's Wrestle Rock Rumble. Uh, do either of you know what this is? I've heard tell of it, but I don't think I've ever seen it. Oh, it's fantastic. So I think it's 86, 87. Uh, AWA have got a promo uh, I've got a pay-per-view coming up sorry a um, couple of peop- uh, big people on it Nick Bockwinkle who we didn't mention before is one of, uh, when we were talking about promos Nick Bockwinkle fuck me what a promo that guy is absolutely amazing etiquette and eloquent absolutely fantastic but yeah I think he's fighting the Sheik I'm not 100% sure he might, sorry, he might be Bruce Brody He's definitely in, in this, though. Larry Zabisco's in it. Scott Hall and Kurt Henning are a tag team. Uh, the Rockers are called the Midnight Rockers, and they're in this. So, basically, this uh, came from a thing. Um, there were uh, The Chicago Bears, I think, won the Super Bowl, and they did a, th- a song called the Super Bowl Shuffle. And uh, it's basically... The Super Bowl Shuffle. <laughs> uh, and, and that's the song. So the AWA, I think Vern Gagne got an idea and went to uh, sorry, oh, Greg my. Gagne. Greg got an idea and went, Vern, I've got an idea. Come here, oh, let's, let's do this. Come on, lad. Come on, dad. Come on, dad. Let me do this. And basically, it's the wrestlers 
so I'm Nick Buckwinkle. Though. Like this is what I got to say. I'm gonna be the cheek on Sunday. You do what Simmons, and we won't crumble. You'll see me wrestle at the Wrestle Rock Rumble. <laughs> and it's, it is terrible. Scott All and Kurt Edding are the best things. Larry Zabisco is quite good, actually, but Larry Zabisco lets himself down by doing a yeah at the end of his verse, which is just bizarre. But, so it's like um, white, white boy 80s rap. Oh, mate. It's, yeah, like, and it's the early rap, you know, that I went to the shop today and I bought myself a hat. <laughs> that kind of rap. My um, name is X and I'm here to say... Yeah, yes, yeah. everybody starts it like that, yeah. Oh, uh, I'm Larry Zabisco and I'm here to say I beat you up every day. It's that kind of shit, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and don't you worry and don't you fumble. I make you wrestle as the Wrestle Rock Bubble. Uh-huh. <laughs> they all end like that. But this, I mean, the music is just off-key hip-hop, so it's got a beat to it, but the... It's almost like Tupac-esque, but it's just something about it that oh, it's just really bad. But I'll, we'll play it. Uh, we'll play it. There's the full thing at the end. But Scott Hall and Kurt Henning are the best thing about. I'm big Scott Hall, and I'm Kurt Henning. You know, I fantastically shit and cheesy, but fantastically bad at the same time. <laughs> I don't know what they were thinking, but I think it was just. Let's try and plug a hole in this sinking boat, is what we're thinking, really. <laughs> so, the this AW- was AWA, you mentioned. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I was going to say, because I was thinking, like, this predate uh, Razor Ramon, but yeah, obviously. Oh, yeah. AWA yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. Um, I, I think there's a load of AWA stuff on the network. Yes, there will be. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, the, all the big stars came from the AWA. They all started then. You know, Vince nicked a lot of them. Um, uh, but uh, he, there was a couple of people he couldn't really get off of. Um, but yeah, I would like to say Nick Bockwinkle. Nick Bockwinkle. Nick Bockwinkle. Check, it, check some of his promos out. Absolutely fantastic. But we will we'll finish there and we will end and we'll, we'll play out with uh, the AWA's uh, Wrestle Rock Rumble song. Uh, Dickie, thank you very much for joining us this month, my, uh, my brother. No worries. Thank you for having me. Cheers, Nia, love. I'll see you thank next time. Thank you. Yes, yes, you shall. Cheers, everybody. Thank you for joining us in the Brain Trust. Oh, next month. Next month, uh, we're going to be joined by Simon from Rash Decision and, uh, slash the Seabin podcast. And we're going to be talking about celebrities in wrestling. So uh, so that's what we'll be talking about next month. Celebrities, their use, uh, the best use of celebrities, the best people to have been in, etc., uh, etc. Et uh, from the big to the small, we'll talk about them all. Uh, but that'll be next month. Uh, until then, see you later, everybody. Thanks for listening, and uh, take care. Bye-bye. Jim Rednick and I'm here to say we've got the greatest wrestlers in the AWA. But you're not here to listen to me mumble. Let's fill you in on the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Get on! Wrestle Rock, be there. With the Midnight Rockers, Sean and Marty. We love to wrestle and we love to party. You don't have to worry. We're not going to bumble because we'll, we'll be shaking through the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Ow! Wrestle Rock. I'm the Sheik, and that's not funny. I got my army a lot of money.
If Gunny in my way, I make him crumble. He be sorry. I did the Russell Rock crumble. Russell Rock, be there. I'm Jerry Blackwell. I want to see. I want to get my hands on that pencil neck geek. As I watch the EDF fumble, I'm going to make my splash in the Russell Rock rumble. The AWA, you, me, and Russell Rock. Gunny and I'm in a rage. I want Brody and I want him in a cage. I plan drop kick will make him see double. I grind him up at the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Woo! Wrestle Rock. I'm Kurt Hennig and Big Scott Hall. As tag team champs, we'll take on them all. So bring on the long riders, those dirt ball dumbos. We'll smear those bushes. Do the Wrestle Rock Rumble. I've got a passion. I'll get the title back from the humanoid Hanson. I've got the brains and I'm not humble. I'll take the belt back and do the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Wrestle Rock, April 20th, at the Dome. Wrestle Rock, 86, Beaver. I won't be through till I get done slapping around Scott and the Duke. Gonna beat the ugly bartender into a bundle and laugh all the way doing Wrestle Rock Rumble. Ow! This game talk got a mouth that won't quit, but I'm Scott and the Duke and wanna smack a little sh. And when I'm through, you won't be able to mumble. I'll be left alone doing the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Yeah! Just one last word from the former champ, Vern, but give it a lot of thought to one more turn. There's some old scores that still give me trouble, and I'm starting to get the urge to do the Wrestle Rock Rumble. So there you have it, and now you know them. And on April 20th, it's at the Dome. So get your tickets to be under the bubble, because you two can be doing the Wrestle Rock Rumble. Do it! Uh. Wrestle Rumble. Rumble. Uh. The Rock Rumble. Uh. The Rock Rumble. Uh. The Rock Rumble.